All right, guys, we're back once again. Hard to believe it's already May. Time just seems like it keeps going quicker and quicker. That should be a red flag for us that we really need to buckle down and tighten up, and we got a, still got a lot of work to do. We got to make the best out of every moment that God has given us. We don't realize what a commodity time is and how valuable it is and how it's something that we really shouldn't waste. And it's real easy to do with the world and what it puts upon us. And we're going to be talking about the, the world a little bit today. And uh, let's just start off in 1 John 2, 15 and 17. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For if any man love the world, they of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, and the lust of thy eyes, and the pride of thy life. It is not the Father, but is of the world. And that the world passeth away, and the lust therefore, but he that doeth the will of God abide forever. You know, it seems like that there's always something that the world is pushing on us that seems so important. And we fail to realize that all of this is, is going to go away. The, the praises that we seek from man, the wanting to be accepted and fit in, those things are not going to matter in heaven. All the stuff that we accumulate here, that stuff is not going to matter in heaven. We can't take it with us. We fret so much about things like, like money. Money is really so trivial because we can build it up and then in an instant it can all be gone. And what it does, the more we have, the more we get of stuff that doesn't matter. We worry about things of the world and we totally dismiss God. We just blow him off. We forget about him. We push him to the side. We've been doing it since the beginning and it keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And we see a world with less God in it. We see a world that is dying. We see a world that is corrupt. We see a world that is evil, that is full of hate and meanness and confusion. And the only way to rectify that is to bring God back in it. One of the challenges we face is, is when we rely on God, when we take him out of the box that we put him in and just totally take off the chains, totally have total and complete faith, it looks so different than what we're used to seeing. Because God, there is no limits. Romans 12 and 2 says, And be not conformed to this world, 
but be transformed by renewing of your mind that they may provide us what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Got a couple of examples for you today. You know, we don't play board games too much anymore. It's kind of a, a thing of the past. We're in the digital age now, and we, we do them sort of things. But there used to be a, a game called the Game of Life. And I don't even remember if you rolled dice or if it had a little turn dial, but you did something to indicate how many moves you took, and you would move your piece, which was a little car, and you would go along. And based on decisions you made in the game or based on just sheer luck, it determined your outcome. And you might land on a space saying that you, you got married. You might land on a space saying that you, you had kids or you went to college or you got a job or you bought a house. And then there was negative aspects too. And it was all these different things that can happen in, in real life. And then at the end, the, the one that accumulated the abundance and had the, the ideal outcome, that was the winner. And it mirrored what, what life is or what life could be. But the difference is, is that at the end of that game, if you didn't like the outcome, if you didn't win, you could start a new game. The outcome might be different next time. But in the real life that we're living, there is consequences to our choices. Every decision, there's not much of a chance for a do-over. So we have to make conscious decisions. And sometimes life will just throw us something Random, just out of chance, just out of landing on the, on the right or wrong space. And we have to deal with that accordingly. And if we take a worldview when we do these things, if we allow the world to dictate, we're going to be in a poor situation. Because God has the knowledge. God has the ability to see us through. Naomi Judd passed away this week. For those who don't know who I'm talking about, she is a uh, part of a duo, country music singers. It's been around for quite a while. In fact, they're being inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame today. Quite an honor. They've toured worldwide. She uh, experienced many of the things in life that many of us could only dream of. She had fame. She had wealth. Her children even did very well. One is a part of her duo. The other is a famous actress. Has done very well. But yet, despite everything positive that life can give you, there's also negative aspects that none of us are immune to. She was also, in her later years, was struggling with some physical ailments as well as some severe mental ailments. And a result of that caused her 
untimely demise. And she's not the first case of these things happening. Bruce Willis is going to have to retire from acting because of physical ailments are no longer allowing him to continue on with his work. We've seen other rich and famous people take a permanent way out by ways of suicide to change the circumstances of what they were dealing with. No matter what our status, no matter what our income, no matter what our level of fame, no matter our connections, we are not exempt from life. We all have to play the game. And we never know when we're going to land on one of those squares that's going to lead us down a path of something that we're really not comfortable with. We only have one thing that can help with that, and that is God to see us through. The world is ever-changing. I grew up in the 80s and 90s, and a lot of times I wish I could go back then. seems like things was a lot simpler, a lot better. We've seen great strives. We had great times in music and movies, fashion. We had a definitely a, a camaraderie amongst people. When I went to school, you was allowed to pray there. As a matter of fact, it was organized. We live in a country that was founded as one nation under God. Even though that you may not have been a a faithful person. Maybe you didn't have strong convictions. The possibility of God, at least, was there within most people. And if it wasn't, we were not going to hear about it. That was something you kept to yourself. But now, we have to go against the grain and we have to make it so known when something is different, when you don't feel a certain way and it's spewed by hate, ignorance. It's fueled by Satan. That he's pushing these ideas so strongly that it's tearing down everything else. It's tearing down the foundations. You know, and I have to ask you a question. If you followed the, the word of God, the word of God, you followed it to the letter. You were a believer. You believed in Jesus Christ. And of course, 
I know. I hope many of you know that you do that. You are going to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is real. You're going to feel Him in your life. He is going to be a presence with you. You are going to receive the results of your faith. Your prayers will be answered. The Word tells us this, and if we act upon it, it happens. So, for the believers, for the ones in stronger faith, you have to set that aside for a minute to be able to answer this question. And then for everyone else that hasn't felt that strong connection with God, you have to answer this question. If you was to follow the Word of God to the letter, if you were to lead a godly life, and there was nothing at the end, would it still be worth it? Would you have lost anything? If there was nothing to gain, would you have lost anything? Absolutely not. The teachings of Jesus is perfect. He tells us how to treat one another, how to treat ourselves, and it in no way, shape, or form causes any kind of harm. We are not losing out on anything by following God. But that's a, an image that the world, driven by Satan, pushes upon us. That if you follow God, you're going to miss out. He stood there in the garden and said, Oh, this is not true. You will be like God if you just partake. There's always that promise of something more if you just do this. We have a problem being content. So we try to accomplish more and more and more. If we get rich, we want to get richer. If we get power, we want more power. And that's not what God had intended for us. If we look at the garden, everything there was provided. It was a perfect environment. There was no need to have to worry about the elements. There was plentiful food. There was a garden to tend to, to keep us busy, to keep our minds occupied, to challenge us. We had God there. Man and woman had each other. Everything that we needed, all the, all the basics. But this idea that we need all of this extra stuff in our lives, that is a worldly idea. Now, I'm not saying that we should be minimalist or go off the grid or, or anything crazy like that. It's just the idea that we don't have to be controlled by 
consumerism. We don't have to be controlled by objects because they are going to come and go. Let's go back to my childhood there for a minute. I, get, I got to see different things of technology come up. You know, I remember when, when camcorders first came out. They had this big old thing. You had to hoist it up on your shoulder because they were so heavy. Took a full-size VHS cassette. And I can remember going through Sears when that was such a thing. And they would have a whole different row of them. And they would have them hooked up so when you walk by, you'd see your image pop up on the screen there. And that was just so neat. And they had these little viewfinders and you could hook them up directly to your TV. And it just was a, just a, a grand piece of new technology. And you could capture these images in life and you could watch them back on your home screen. And it was relatively easy. But with any time with new technology... It's so expensive. And then you have to have all the accessories. Of course, you needed a, a fancy bag to put your camera in. And you needed different lenses. And you needed batteries because battery technology back then wasn't that great. So it didn't last very long. So you had to have a couple ones because you didn't want to miss out on something. And then those things were heavy. So you needed a tripod to put it on. So you didn't have to carry it around all the time. So the image would be still. But fast forward and look how much things have changed. We now have devices now that can record 4K moody, movie quality images and it fits in your pocket. The camera on your cell phone that's smaller than a coin can do all of that. Not only that, it can store it all digitally on the cloud. So you can pull it up right there on your high-definition screen that's right there in your pocket. But now a whole industry is gone. I remember the amazement first time you walk into a, a video store. And it was just row after row after row of all them little cassette boxes with all them pictures on it. And it was very important to put a cover on these movies that would catch your attention. And it kind of gave a, a brief synopsis of what was happening in that movie in that one image. And around the corners it would tell who was starring in it and the title of the movie. And it was just mind-blowing to just walk through the rows and the rows and the rows. And that was a, a weekend. You could get you a, a couple movies and a Nintendo game and, and have a lot of fun. And that industry is gone because technology has advanced. And these are just a couple of examples because technology... And the way the world is, is constantly changing. Because that is a, a worldly thing. See, everything that we look at in the world is in contrast to God.
Because what does God do? Doesn't change. He is always the same. He is always constant. And that's why we can't put emphasis on things of the world. Because they are temporary. They are like our circumstances. They are temporary. And it's not just with our consumer projects. It's with our ideas. We have things now that we are forcing upon the population. You will accept this. This needs to be brought forward. You need to follow. If you don't, you're a bad person. And before, these were things that were kept in and secret. And we say, now, well, now we're progressive. Now we're woke. Now we understand these things and, and we're bringing them to the light. We're making the world better. No, before we were following the word of God. And before we lived in a massive, godly fearing group of people. And that has been slowly pushed out. We're not getting progressive. We are getting more worldly. I read an article the other day, and it was talking about the, the use of today, the children, the teenagers. And it says that this group of teens that we have right now, this generation, are some of the most sad. They are. They've got the highest rate of suicide. They are plagued by the highest number of mental illness, depression, anxiety. And of course, I immediately thought to myself, well, it's a product of the world that we live in and the lack of God in it because this group of teens is the least interested in God than any group we've had before. It keeps waning each and every generation. They're not being taught. It's not, they're not being placed in church. They're not being taught at home. We have different parenting styles now. There's some things that we're bringing back from the past. We uh, like some of the older things. Some of the car manufacturers for a while, that was uh, to bring back the, the Restro styling. Ford did it with the Mustang and now the Bronco. They also had a limited run of the Thunderbird. Uh, Dodge is doing it with his... Challenger, because we, we like some of the things of old. The generation that I'm in now, that we go back and we try to capture some of the things from our childhood. Because it, it brings back those positive memories. 
We look upon these things that we enjoyed when we were young and we like to see them again. That's why these uh, shows that we bring back and, and restore old things are popular because it's like you can say, hey, I remember that. I used that. That was a good time. I enjoyed it. And we like these, these positive memories. So we go back and everybody tries to cash in on it. And uh, they're bringing back a lot of the, the old, old games. The old, old video games, Atari and Nintendo. And, and you can go and play digital versions of it. And I remember in my childhood, that was a big part of it. And you could sit there and you would play and play and play. And, but it's, it's different now. Because even though it's the exact same thing, they've changed the rules a little bit. Because you only had a limited number of chances to make it through. And then when you didn't make it, that big old game over sign came over. And you'd have to start over from the very beginning. They didn't have... The, the fancy save points and all this thing. And now you can take that same game and just with a touch of a button, you can rewind just to where you, you messed up at and go again and go again. And you can go online and you can find ways to get around a certain hard point. Well, we just had to rely on trial and error and maybe a friend had figured it out before you and you could ask them. We're becoming less challenging to ourselves because of this. When I was a kid, we'd go out there and we'd play a game. And when you got done, you had a winner and a loser. We didn't have participation trophies. We had things for the winners. And they say now, well, that's not fair and it makes people feel bad. But what it did do, it motivated you to do better next time. It motivated you to be better, to be stronger, to push yourself further and if you want to do something nothing is impossible as long as you got God as long as you got God and no matter what you're saddled with, whatever the game of life throws at you, there's always a workaround. If you're willing to push yourself, if you're willing to go that extra mile, and if you'll go as far as you can go, God is going to take you the rest of the way. I seen a, a man on TV last night. He was born without arms. Well, that's a pretty hard boat, or boat to row. That's a, that's a difficulty. So he learned to do things with his feet. He could throw a baseball with his feet. So good that he could strike out half of the people that he batted up against him. 
So whenever you have a difficulty, there's always somebody that's got a worse difficulty. When you've got a challenge, there's someone that's had a harder challenge. I work with a lot of older people. And for the past bit, we've been facing a lot of physical challenges. Health has been a real struggle around here lately. One of the biggest struggles is not the ailment. It's not the ailment. That's only part of it. It's what happens inside the mind. Is it something that's going to defeat you or is it something you're going to overcome? Something that's going to defeat you or something that you're going to overcome? See, we have to, what the text said today, we have to renew our minds. Because what the, wor- the world says is, when we get bad news, it's going to defeat you, and that's it. But what the Word says is that nothing is bigger than God, and by faith, you will overcome. And we have to... Build that faith. And it gets harder and harder the older we get because we start to think that we're at the end of our road, end of our journey. And that's another falsehood that the world tells us. A lot of times our journey ends because we simply stop. You know, we look at all these different examples in the Word of God and nobody just stopped. Retirement is not a thing when it comes to God. We don't just stop. And we've seen entirely two old people by the world's standard do great and amazing things. But we have this idea that we're supposed to just reach a certain age and we're supposed to just stop. Not what the Word says. So we think when we get to a certain point and these ailments hit us, that that is just life. That's just the way it is. But it's not. We have a job to do. God's not going to give us the potential to be used up to a certain point and then stop using us. Our life has purpose. And I've seen God use everything from a little bitty baby to 
a extremely old person because that's just God's style. But we have a, an idea of what we think that God's people should look like. And some of the, the churchiest people are some of the world's worst ones about doing so. They want to take in and change up and argue with you about the genealogy of Jesus because they don't like certain people that's in it. They want to look at some of Jesus' actions and say, oh no, I don't think it will quite happen that way. I think it's a little different because they don't like the way it feels. They made a joke in a movie one time and the man was praying, but he was praying to the baby Jesus because he liked that version better. How many times are we doing that, Christians? Are we picking what we like better? What works for us? Back to the, the children and why they're so unhappy these days. One thing is, is that we are so digitally connected these days. I never watched the news when I was a kid. That junk was boring. You know, you had to, didn't have this on-demand stuff. You had to watch stuff when it came on. These kids today don't know what it's like making the mad dash to the kitchen to grab a snack and a drink before the commercial break got over. Because you missed it, you missed it. But now everything's on demand that all you have to do to see the news is turn on a screen. And we're bombarded with the negativity of the news. It's depressing. And furthermore, it's not even accurate anymore. Used to be there was some integrity in reporting. So when you saw something, you could have some faith that it was fact. But now we're about views. We're about clicks. We're about all these things that gauge interaction, ratings with a story. And we have to draw the people in. And we also are determined to have our opinions be made known. And I don't know what happened, where this shift happened at, that nowadays that no matter what your opinion is, everybody believes that their opinion is no longer an opinion but fact. You don't have to have any kind of fact behind it, any kind of truth behind it, any kind of science behind it, just because you think it, you believe it to be true, and that everyone else should too. And we're seeing constant examples of that. 
poor Elon Musk. He's made a couple of business decisions in the last little bit. And now you would think that he is a Batman villain. Because that is what the news portrays. And they take a little segment and they clip off what they don't need. Or they add a little bit here and there to make it portray a certain way. And we believe it. What's on there, it's on there, it must be true. Social media was never something that was a thing till now. And it is changed to something totally different and unrecognizable from where it started out with. It's something that now is believed that you have to have. And if you don't, if you do not participate in this, then you don't fit in. You're weird. You're different. So there's that pressure to do it. And it's, it started out as a, as a simple way to connect. You know, MySpace was the first, first big one. And I don't know why it went to the wayside because there was some pretty cool features about it. You could customize it. It was easy to search and find people. You even got a free friend right off the bat. Old Tom. Everybody remember old Tom? And it was a way that you could connect. You could share photos. You could let people that you're not seeing on a regular basis Be part of your life. But it went from an extension of life to a performance. Now there's a, a, a pressure to perform. You have to keep up with your friends. You have to look a certain way. You have to act a certain way. And it's all being fed in each and every day. It's taking more and more of our time. We're not replacing it with anything else. We're adding it to something else. And we realize it's a problem. Apple decided that it needs to start letting you know how much time you're doing these things. They added screen time to their devices to let you know how much you're using these different things. They now have ways to lock these things out because we are facing addiction to constantly looking at these things. Cyberbullying. I know that it's a serious thing, and I won't take that lightly because people have been hurt and they have hurt themselves. They have been many a suicide because of it. 
But whenever I was a kid, we had real bullies. Real things you had to worry about. Not just words. But it just shows to show you how much the world is shaping us and corrupting us now that what people say on a screen is that damaging to us. When we simply can just turn it off. When we're simply can just turn it off. You know, isn't that something? All you'd have to do to stop it is simply go click delete account. Then they can't write on it anymore and you can't see it. But we have so much pressure from the world that we have to hold on to these things that's making us spiritually sick, physically sick, that we can't let it go. We can't let it go. We see this at the highest level. Well, if someone says their opinion too much and we don't agree with it, we need to get rid of it. We need to ban this person, block this person, even though that every individual has the ability to disregard. We can swipe over, we can block, we can delete our account, we can do that, we can think for ourselves. But we think that we have to take a stand. We have to shut them down at the highest level. People are having a, a panic attack because of the Twitter takeover. Because they can't control it anymore. People, we need to think about what we are doing. Not let the world have control over us. Let's give it back to God. We let all these things... And it's amazing. One of the biggest excuses I hear all the time is, well, I know I don't believe in religion. I'm not going to follow that. I'm not going to do all these things because I don't want to be controlled. I don't want to be controlled. God's not going to tell me what to do. Religion's not going to tell me what to do. Okay, so you're going to let the world tell you what to do? You're going to let that little digital box in your pocket tell you what to do? You're going to let... Influencers and celebrities and politicians tell you what to do? Because that's exactly what's happening. There's no original ideas. You look at the products that you consume, the things that you eat and you drink, it all started 
from somewhere. You saw that hamburger on TV and it looked good, so you went and got one. Now that's why it's one of your favorite meals. You see that commercial and they're drinking this drink and everybody's having a good time and you're like, I want to have a good time too. So you go out and you buy that drink. You go out and you start thinking and believing and acting a certain way because that's what they show us on TV. That's what's in the news and that's what everybody else is doing and we want to be part of that crowd. We want to be part of everyone else. So that's what we do. Pressure to perform. That's why this generation is so sad and so stressed out. God keeps it very simple. There's a thing called technological stress. The more technology we have, the more things we have to learn about it, the more things they malfunction, the more stress it causes us. We try to get all these things to make our lives easier, and as a result, they're making it harder. Because that's what the world tells us to do when God says, I am all you need. I am your source. We see Paul, we see Peter... They get beat, they get locked up, and they're perfectly content. Why? Because God is their source. Renew your minds. The world is not your source. The world is temporary. The world is dying. The world is corrupt. Everything we know, everything of this world will be destroyed. Our future is not here. Our future is in heaven. Our eternity is in heaven. If you make that choice. Now there's an alternative route. And that is definitely a possibility. If you don't make the right choices. Life is a dangerous game. Make the right moves.